The Electric Rodeo is an adult toy megastore podcast about sex, toys, pleasure and relationships. It contains adult themes, adult language and probably too much information about our sex lives. Sorry, Sorry Mum. <laughs> Kia ora everyone, welcome to the Electric Rodeo, I'm your host Emmy Hewitt. And I'm struggling under the weight of this gimp mask right now, Tash Bull. <laughs> I mean, this one, this intro. I can't see, I, I'm quite discombobulated. I love it, it's hilarious. Yeah, you can tell I haven't explored this in my sex life yet. <laughs> I actually don't, um, I don't think this one's for me because uh, my eyes right now just can't adjust. Yeah, they're, so we're wearing masks. Oh yeah, if sorry not, for those. <laughs> you can't see us through the uh, through the podcast app you're listening to? Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> but this one's actually mine, so you know, fits like a glove, doesn't it? I'm really glad that you're feeling super sensual and gorgeous Yeah, right I am, now. I am. Because <laughs> I'm, you know what, it's getting a little bit better, but I'm just keeping my eyes closed. So I'm guessing that you can tell, beautiful <laughs> listeners, by the fact that we're talking about masks, that this is a Betty, a Sam and Kink episode. <laughs> and we're very excited about this. Oh my God, so excited. We have the most amazing guest today. Mm-hmm. Her name is Luna Matadas and she is a sex and pleasure educator. <laughs> and she's just so cool. And we're very excited and I've been waiting for this episode for a long time yes. and I'm a little bit annoyed at myself because I actually create the season layer and I was like, why did I leave this one so late in the season? Oh, I want to do it now. But <laughs> it was so worth it. She was an amazing guest, like truly I just, I, I was so in awe of her, to be honest. She's <laughs> such a beautiful, bubbly person. And then she just had the most amazing tips for kink and BDSM. And I just can't wait for everyone to hear it. It's going to be so good. So before we jump into the interview, let's have a little chit chat about BDSM. So what was your like inkling that you might be into BDSM? Was there any like media or anything that got you thinking, huh, that looks quite hot. Like maybe I'm into it. I don't know what you're talking about. I only got into BDSM just now when I put this mask on. (laughs) Um, No, I don't know. I just like to explore different things. I think sex is cool. And I had cool experimental partners when I was younger so that when I did have an interest from kind of seeing BDSM type stuff in porn, we were able to experiment with those sexually and kind of just like a safe and open and, you know, chill environment, Mm. I suppose. So that was kind of it for me. What about you? Well, that's cool. That's really good. Yeah. Um, I have a moment. And you know what? I've seen other people talk about it on Instagram, so I know that I'm not alone. So my moment was Princess Jasmine when Jafar turns her into a slave. Oh, horny. Yeah, the red fit. She's in the red fit. She's got the gold accessories. She's like serving him fruit or something. And at some point they kiss. As a kid, I was just like obsessed with that scene. And it took me a little while to realise why. But I was like, oh, that gets the flutters going. There's something about that scene. Now that you say it, I do. I Yeah, you yes. know, I'm like, oh, yeah, the yes. red fit. Yeah, the red fit. You know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. It's infamous now. And I, yeah, I know I've seen like literal memes of people like, this is when I knew I was into BDSM. And I'm like, yes, same. <laughs> oh my God. No, that's so true. I can't think of it right now, but I know that there is lots of little moments like that where I'm like, oh, 
I'm intrigued. So let's get into the episode. It's a fantastic episode. Also, my eyes are watering and I don't know what my makeup's going to look like when I take this off. So I'm keen to do that. (laughs) But before we dive in, don't forget, it's Rodeo 10 Adult Toy Megastore if you want to get a little cheeky discount. A little 10% off your order. And you definitely will want to use that on some of the BDSM tools and gear that we talk about in this app. But anyway, let's dive into our interview with Luna Matadas. She's incredible. You're going to love her. Let's have a fab time. Hello, Luna. Welcome to the Electric Rodeo. We are so excited to have you here to chat about one of our favourite topics, kink and BDSM. Before we jump into (laughs) it, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. First off, I'm so excited to be chatting with you, especially about this topic. Yes. Yeah, I was so happy that you wanted to invite this particular conversation. So Amazing. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I have the joy of being a sex and pleasure educator, which means that I work with people one-on-one as a coach, or I work with people in groups. I often get to be on campus and talking about things like communication, consent, and pleasure. How do we get more pleasure in our lives? What are the tools for that? So I've been doing this for about 15 years. And um, from different, yeah, it's been wild because I kind of moved in from a a public health kind of perspective to teaching BDSM. I bet that never gets old. Yeah. I know, it doesn't. It doesn't, yeah. So from an education perspective, am I right that you have a few specialities? So I know BDSM and kink, obviously, but also like pegging and anal play in general. So all of the fun shit, really. What a CV. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Don't tell my mom. But yeah. (laughs) Lots of anal, lots of kink. We love it. Those are all of our favorite topics. (laughs) Oh, good, good, good. So how did you realize that you were into kink? Like, was there a little inkling along the way somewhere? You know, it, it's so funny because I used to read my mom's dirty books oh. and her books weren't like super dirty. They were like those romance novels where, you know, he flung her on the bed and her blouse popped open and she had an orgasm. Saucy. I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, and so I was interested in the idea of power, I think, when, mm. when I first started masturbating in my teens just because that's what I was exposed to. And it was only as I got older and I started exploring after I was divorced and I I was out there and wondering, am I queer? Am I kinky? Am I this? And Uh. really doing discovery that I saw people were into all these things and I had no idea why they were into it. And I just wanted to try. So I wasn't really even aroused. I just thought that's curious (laughs) you know like how do you get off from that yeah yeah I'm interested tell me more (laughs) yeah I love that so much yes exactly yeah because for me I was really into like the aesthetic of it oh I mean I'm wearing a leather jacket now but it was like leather latex like you've got a padlock little chain necklace to be fair I have I have themed it up a little bit today I am playing it up a little bit (laughs) but this is something she would also just wear in the office so (laughs) any other day yeah who are we kidding yeah (laughs) But yeah, it was really like an aesthetic thing. And then I was like, hmm, what can I do with all of these things? And then kind of like (laughs) developed from there. So do you think that's a normal way for people to get into it as well? To be like, oh, I've got like this idea in my head that maybe I'd be into it, but I don't know like what specifically like part of BDSM or kink I would be into. Yeah. 
Yes. I think that's a popular way that people get into it. I think a lot of times there's a stereotype that, oh, you masturbated to your aunt's pantyhose and now you have a hosiery <laughs> fetish at 45, you know, and like, yeah, some people, some people. But I, the reason why I like kink and why I like teaching it is because it's infinitely creative. Like yeah. it's so wildly creative and stimulating. And so even if you're just curious about how can I make things different in my sex life, is there another way for me to be turned on? Then kink is such a, a good vessel for that kind of exploration. Yeah, That's so true. Yeah, because we were talking about this yesterday and I was like, I don't know what explicitly it was for me, but hearing you talk about it, I think I'm an experimentalist at heart. And I think it is just that it, it's so vast and there's mm. just so many different things you could get into. So I think, yeah, that probably is it for me as well. Yeah. The experimentalist vibes are, are really good partners as well, because if your partner comes home and says, I'm into this thing and you're not into it, mm. you still have the perspective of, okay, let me be curious about this. Like you said, like, tell me more. Tell me a little bit more about what this is about. And you might find a way to get turned on. Well, on that topic, do you have any tips for those who are wanting to dip their toes and try BDSM, but they haven't really figured out what exactly they're into yet? Yes, yes. Please don't jump in at a level 10. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm going to install the sex swing. I'm going to buy the $400 (laughs) leather. I'm going to buy the biggest, meanest paddle. You know, (laughs) we can start with like, like very mean no equipment <laughs> i think it's it's really fun to even start playing with adding in kinky things to things you already like to do mm. so if you already like to go down on your partner or you like your partner going down on you what would happen if you added power exchange to that so right. one person was in charge of when you got to orgasm mm. you could add in sensation play so add in a blindfold what does the blindfolded orgasm feel like you know how's that different mm. from the unblindfolded orgasm And things make it a little bit easier to just try things out without having heavy equipment and heavy technique, because that often requires you to be up in your head. And we're trying to get into our bodies. We're trying to feel things. You know, I'm not trying to figure out a nine point knot study. (laughs) Like we're like, (laughs) kink is play. So find a way to start playing. Amazing. Yeah, no, that is good advice. I had an experience recently. So I got the Liberator... Talia and it's like very large and padded and I love it and I love that it is you know kink but it's also got the comfort aspect but the first time using it with my partner even though we're both very open to like trying stuff it just was a bit too high of a level like it it was too you know and I heard about it Mm. as opposed to like playing as you say yeah and I think that's such a normal experience I'm glad you you told that story so people can realize it's not you it's not that oh you can't do this thing is that it every Everything is a skill. Everything takes practice. No one's just naturally good at kink. Like, we have to learn how to do these things. We don't like to think we are. Yeah. We don't love to be that person. I mean, we are, but... (laughs) Honestly, not even. I've been trying to, like, work on, like, increasing my pain tolerance, and I just feel like such a little, like, just a little whiny bitch all the time. (laughs) Maybe that's your kink. I know, right? That's kind of She loves to complain. You're probably right. Yeah. I do very much lean into, like, the bratty side of things, so it does kind of work for me. Oh, that's fun. But deep down, I'm like, oh, God, if only I could just handle just a little bit more, you know, but I'm working on it. It's always a process. We're all learning. Amazing. Okay. All right. (laughs) I like that you have a project. You got a good project there. Uh, (laughs) Sex. Just like exploring sexuality throughout life, I feel like, is the project for me personally. Yes. 
in terms of thinking about like what would be some good entry level tools for people, one of the ones you mentioned was like, you know, wear a blindfold and see what an orgasm feels like blindfolded. What are some other good entry level kink tools that people could get in their arsenal? People often shy away from tools that don't look super mean and they mm. think that they're they're more beginner, so they're not gonna be as mighty. But those little vinyl paddles, they have good noise, but you aren't gonna cause injury to somebody with them. Yeah. So yeah. you get a high slap sound on yeah. a bum or thighs or whatever you're hitting without really having to worry about, am I going to actually cause damage? So I think that's a good one. Yeah. I think people who are into any kind of bondage and they like handcuffs or they like rope, get a pair of Velcro cuffs. And uh. so you can easily get someone out of it without worrying, okay, do I need high technique to be able to do this? Another toy that I think is great and I think people kind of underappreciate, it's called bondage tape. And yeah. so bondage tape yeah. sticks to itself. You like that? You yes. like bondage tape? Haven't tried yeah. it, but okay. big okay. fan in theory. I have, and it's so good. Isn't it great? Yeah. So you can use it as a blindfold. You can use it oh. as a gag. You can use it for wrist or for ankles. It doesn't stick to hair. It doesn't stick to skin. And it's reusable, so it's perfect yeah. for anything. And it's super cheap. It's usually like under $20 for a big roll. So yeah. you're, you're good. You're good without having to budget for a lot. Mm. And it comes in heaps of fun colors as well. Like I think I've got the yeah. bright pink one and yeah. a bright purple one, but they're just so cool. Like <laughs> I absolutely love it. I love that it's reusable as well. That's my favorite little feature. We love a bit of sustainable sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we like to tick multiple boxes. You, you can fuck yourself, but not the environment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So what would be your favorite tool? Like if you could only use, and I'm sorry, very cruel question, but uh, you could only use really one is. BDSM tool <laughs> for the rest of your life. What would you be going with? This question tells me that you're a sadist because <laughs> I'm like, how can I just pick one tool? <laughs> clocked. Absolutely clocked. Okay. <laughs> so I have this, it's a paddle and it's pretty big. It's maybe like, like a, a foot long Whoa. and it's shaped like a boot. And so on one oh. side, it's very smooth wood. And the other side, it's actually like the, the sole of a boot. So it oh looks like God. treads on the bottom <gasps> of it. It's so oh. good in so many ways, right? Like it's kind of scratchy and mean on one yeah. side and then it's soft and smooth on the other. That's the one I would take to the desert island with oh, me. Oh, hell Amazing. yes. I bet that leaves a good yeah. mark too when you're using that boot sole side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It oh does, gosh. yes, yes. <laughs> Amazing. That's a good one. Bit of impact play. Yeah, I respect that. That's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So I've just finished the book, Tell Me What You Want by Dr. Justin Lane Miller, which is a very cool book all around Ooh. sexual fantasies. And BDSM is the second most popular fantasy, according to his research, of participants in the US um, following multi-partnered sex, which is like, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everybody wants a threesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> she does. It's on her bucket list. That's awesome. <laughs> so why do you think people are so into BDSM? Because I'm not sure if it's just like that we live in a total bubble, but everyone I know just seems to be into it. Yeah. I think in general, it's become more popular because it has made its way into mainstream media yeah. through things like Fifty Shades of Grey <laughs> and shows making more references to it and not so kind of like dark and deviant. As a society, too, we've sort of moved away in psychiatry from seeing it as something that is a problematic mental health disorder. Yeah. We're focused more on consent and capacity. 
I think also that when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, it brought in a whole bunch of people who had would never, ever have considered themselves kinky or lifestylers, but they liked the fantasy of desire of power. Mm. And so that entry point, you know, really opened up fantasies. The tools are just one thing, you know, spanking, rope, whatever. Those are all just tools. And the power or the intention or your vibe that you use the tools as vessels, that's where you get the sexiness. That's Mm, where you get the way you hold a paddle is going to be different than how I hold a paddle. So I think for a lot of people, BDSM opens up ways to have an alter ego. And so you get to kind of leave yourself at the door and be a saucy kitten or you get to be a cruel doctor or Mm. you get to be someone who's a giver instead of a receiver. So it opens up all this possibility for people. So I think a lot of people get into it just out of spiciness. I just am curious about how to spice things up. That's great. I love that. I love that people are getting curious about that sort of thing. I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey, not the best example, but the fact that it did like (laughs) cause that um, is pretty cool. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's a terrible example. (laughs) Horrible. (laughs) Saying not a great example is definitely (laughs) underselling how bad an example that is. (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. So obviously for some people it's, it's a big fantasy, but there will obviously be a lot of people who it's a fantasy that they also want to like play out in real life. So if someone was wanting to get into a kind of kinky play, how would you suggest that they approach talking about that with their partner? I love that question because often people will come home and say, babe, can you like tie me up? Babe, can <laughs> yeah. you pee on me? Babe, can you do this? You know, and it becomes like a sense of permission or obligation instead of a mm. conversation about desires, uh. right? So if I came home and I said, hey, I'm kind of curious about spanking. Have you ever thought about spanking? Then my partner could ask questions about, oh, do you picture yourself being the spanker or the spanky? What Mm. do you picture yourself being spanked with? What do you want to feel? And it opens up a conversation even to just learn about each other. Even if you never do the spanking, you might find, oh, you're into this because you want to feel helpless. Well, I'm not into spanking, but here's another fantasy I had where you might feel helpless in. And so it opens up this this, like co-creativity we get to kind of think about it together. So my biggest advice is do not come at your partner like you are talking to them about porn. Do not come with a laundry Mm. list of things that you want them to do. Come with a list of things that you want to explore together. And they might say hard no to some of them, but they might say, I don't know enough about this thing. So let's like explore it together. That's such good advice. I like that so much. So if you were saying like, let's do some research or let's explore together, which is obviously great advice and very important when it comes to any kind of BDSM. How do we know that what we're researching is like good advice? I think, you know, some people are very attracted to fantasy. Most of us are. So you might be researching through things like erotica or reading Mm. someone's blog about all the stuff they do as their dom and sub or on places like FetLife, which is like Facebook for kinksters. You might be on there. And that's great for erotic inspiration. But when you're looking for skill, if you want to tie your partner up, if you want to safely navigate BDSM, finding educators like me or other people, that's where the skill is, is, is coming from. And there's so many of us now 
now that are online. So we have so much more access to this. Whereas before, you know, you had to go find your local dungeon and like book a session (laughs) with a dominatrix or something, right? So yeah, thank God you know, having some basic skills, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you offer coaching and webinars, which you just touched on. Is there a common thread or just like certain questions that you get asked kind of at a much higher level than other ones? Yeah, I definitely get asked by people about how to do it well for their partner. So they want to do dominance, right? They're like, I want to be dominant. How do I be a dom for my partner? So none of these things really have a a script. And what people are asking for is ideas. And so I would tell them, you know, let's tune into what your power might look like. Because if I say to you, what are you turned on by? And you just tell me power, it doesn't tell me anything. Like, what kind of power? (laughs) Are we talking like daddy power? Are we talking like mean teacher power? Are we talking like kitten power? Like, what are we dealing with? And so oftentimes people just don't know how to build a scene. They don't know how to like bring in all the elements. And I'll talk with them about like thinking of it as a menu. So you've got like your appetizer, then you've got your main meal, and then you've got your dessert, and then we need aftercare. So I think giving people like a framework is usually pretty helpful for them to to kind of put their fantasy into. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, I'm trying to dabble in some dominance. I'm normally a very submissive person. And you're absolutely right. Like finding what your power is like. What's the motivation? I can see how people would stumble with that because I feel I feel like that. <laughs> yeah. And all we have is porn and porn is just yeah. like stilettos and like mean dom mommy. Yeah. Right. But there's yeah. so much more. I wanted to be a dominant in polka dots. You know, I wanted to like have my own aesthetic in <laughs> yeah. that. Incredible. <laughs> I love it. You did touch on aftercare there. Could you just for the audience go into the idea of aftercare and, and what it's for? Yeah, absolutely. Aftercare is usually activities that we do after the scene has ended. And so BDSM kind of takes us into altered states, altered ways mm. of being in our bodies. And so we're experiencing this expansion. So aftercare kind of helps put us back together. There's tons of hormones, adrenaline, like dopamine, all that stuff's flooding our body. So we don't want to just drop out of whatever we were doing. We want to carefully bring each other down. So that could be things like cuddles. It could be having food together, watching a funny show together, yeah. just to level out our state of mind. Yeah. I actually think aftercare should be a part of all sex. I think kinksters have come up with it, but I think it's great. Agreed. Yeah. It just seems so right. Like check in with each other, do make nice sure you're both together. happy, do something cute, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what are some steps we can take to ensure that it's a safe session physically, but also emotionally, as well as kind of looking at that aftercare portion? Yeah, definitely having a conversation before each time you mm. enter that kinky scene, even if you know your partner, you know their body, you know, today my arm is a little bit sore, or maybe mm. this hand was falling asleep a lot. So, you know, talking about where you're at in your body, where's your energy level? Is there mm. anything I need to know about your body that might impact the scene? And then when we talk about the emotional piece, I always like to check in with where are you at with your your feels? You know, are you, did you have a stressful day? Are you worried about another partner? Are you feeling insecure about something in your body? Because that's also going to impact what we do. If we play with things like power, there might be real world power that you're dealing with and that might impact how vulnerable you are in the space. So asking about mind and body and then also being really clear about what's on the menu. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people think that that takes away spontaneity. 
I don't think so. Because if you tell me we can play with spanking, bondage, and kissing, I'm not going to bring in pegging in the middle of the scene. Like, you won't know what order I'm going to do things in. You don't know what's in between those things. So there is surprise, but there's clarity around what activities we're both consenting to. Yeah, And I think that makes it exciting, right? Because it's like, oh, hell yeah, we're going to play with spanking today. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Like, gets you rocked up. It gets you in the mood, I reckon. But also if you're the submissive person on the other end of that, you feel safer in the scene and you are able to get way more into that subspace Mm. because you already have those very clear boundaries of like, I'm going to do this and this and this, but this is off the table. So you can just be more comfortable. I know for me that that like definitely allows me to feel a lot more settled and like like open and free with what we're doing. Oh, it's such a good communication tool as well, like having to talk about that stuff because sex is like famously, you know, difficult for some people to talk about. So I feel like learning those skills and like not being forced to do them, but like practicing doing them before and after getting into those, like those moods and those zones is just such a good skill for life as well. I feel like BDSM is a great skill for life. (laughs) We're learning so much. I agree. There's all kinds of communication skills I learned in BDSM that made my non-BDSM sex better. Yeah. But even just like my, my myself because I learned to take up space as a dominant whereas I'm very people pleasery in my real life and so it helped me kind of notice oh like my body can be big and I can feel comfortable in it or I can be kind of bitchy and that's fine like the world has demonized us as bitchy you know so whatever (laughs) so good I love it on a similar note do you have any tips for getting in and out of a scene there are things that you can set up for yourself as rituals that can invite that alter ego into the scene so some things that I like to use, I have a candle that I only light when I'm going to be submissive and that oh. candle goes out after I'm not submissive. When I'm dominant, I have a pair of shoes that are ridiculous and I can't walk in them, but they only come on <laughs> for dominance. Yes, love. I love it. <laughs> Even something very simple, if you live with your partner or let's say you're making out and then you want to switch into these dom sub Mm. roles, even leaving the room and coming back in with different energy, like walking into the room or crawling into the room, whatever is going to signify some energy has changed. Yeah, that's a good tip, actually. Because, yeah, I find in my own relationship, like I've been with my partner for eight years and we're just like super jokey people. (laughs) And so sometimes I find it hard to like... Snap out of like just taking the piss out of everything. You gotta basically. get out of like, the room and start yeah, crawling yeah, back yeah. in. I, think. I gotta, I gotta start practicing leaving the room. That's I think, a bit of more. Yeah, crawling in, love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you into sex playlist at all? Like, does music do anything for you? My partner is obsessed yeah. with a sex yeah. playlist. <laughs> Loves it. Favorite thing. <laughs> making a new little playlist so yes but not necessarily for me like I haven't really done that so maybe I'm going to give it a well because he's pretty good but I reckon I might add a few a few bangers in there as well do you reckon music to change up the tone is that the idea I think so because I have a sex playlist but then I also have a dom playlist Uh, and my dom playlist is way darker Mm. you know (laughs) are these on your Spotify public profile can other people (laughs) access these playlists I think I don't know if they're public I'll turn it on as public yeah I think I have a rope bondage one that's public yeah if I cannot find it I will get Emma to bother you because I'm very interested I want to hear the dumb one I'm like I'm gonna get there yes yes (laughs) yes yeah yeah. we'll get you there yeah yeah 
<laughs> okay, so this is going to bring down the tone a little bit, but hopefully not too much. So I do want to talk okay. a little bit about like, I guess, myths around people that are into BDSM. So earlier you touched on the fact that, you know, in the in the DSM for a long time, people into BDSM and kink and, you know, fetishism was considered a mental disorder and a sexual deviancy. And obviously it's not the case anymore, but it was for such a long time that I feel like the damage has already been done, you know? So what are some of the common myths that you think that we need to just dispel? Yeah, there is still a stigma that, you know, people who are doing BDSM are deviant in some way so that if they're into BDSM, they're also into, I don't know, other deviant behaviors like Mm. abusing substances or, you know, like other kinds of things that we don't find socially acceptable. And that's not true. I mean, people of all kinds of walks of life are into BDSM. Mm. And the most important characteristic of a, a healthy relationship to BDSM is if it's consensual. Yeah. And so if they're consenting adults and they're doing what they're doing, great. Who cares? As yes. a, and I think that stigma extends interpersonally between partners. And I, I, if I'm not into BDSM and my partner comes to me with something about BDSM, I might think that one, they're messed up. I might think that they are not interested in me anymore because I'm not BDSM-y, mm. whereas like we can co-create together and learn together. Or that something is off about the relationship. Like maybe this is a symptom that they're struggling with something and now they've taken to BDSM in the way that they would take to drugs. None of that is true. People get into this Mm. purely out of curiosity. And if you think about it, what's considered kinky, it varies by society, by era, by uh, geography. You know, a while back, face-sitting porn was considered obscene and it was banned in the UK. And since then, they've like overturned it. Yeah, but... Imagine that, right? And in other places, yeah. we're like, I don't know, that's just like regular porn. It's not bad. Right? Like, that's this, not, it's this wasn't fancy. even that long ago either. This was only no. a couple of years ago, right? I remember this happening. <laughs> yeah. That is fucking crazy yeah. to me. Oh my God. Yeah. Get it's, over it's yourself. Bananas. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm just having yeah. fun sitting on some faces. Don't right. worry about it. Exactly. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think like even the definitions get people really wrapped up around like Mm. having to be good or have normal sex. Well, what's normal sex? You know, anal is normal for some people Mm -hmm. and it's not for other people. So I think any kind of shame that comes up for people to just remember, like you can explore that and rewrite that narrative. Like Mm. you learned that from somewhere so you can unlearn it. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And I love your little words of encouragement there because I literally have noted down that my next question question is going to be, do you have any encouraging words for people feeling shame? And you've just covered it already. (laughs) But it's true, right? It's like when you feel that shame, like if you feel it initially, it's hard to get through it. Like it's really hard once it's in your Mm. mind to actually like push past it and work your way out of feeling that state. And it just blocks so many people off from pleasure, from things that they want to enjoy, from talking to partners about things. Like shame can really shut you down. And it's very, it's very frustrating that as a society we're still very sex negative and you know and there is still so much shame and you're right like people deem kinky anything that they're not into right like if I'm into something that someone else isn't into people are going to be like oh she's kinky and it's like I actually am yes you don't get (laughs) to decide that I get to decide that (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's so true. And I think there, there's so much to be said about, you know, being able to honor all this like sexual diversity, mm. all this, you know, desire diversity, as long as we're consenting, that's, yeah. that's totally fine. And I think people don't necessarily have to also start at what they've seen in porn. Porn mm. is showing the most sensationalized yeah. version of everything. Yeah. So your BDSM doesn't have to have pain in it. It doesn't have to have toys. It doesn't have to have leather. It can have whatever you want. Great word. Sorry, I'm just taking so much in right now. (laughs) Well, since we are taking advantage of your expertise, this is marginally off topic, but we know that you are a pegging pro. You coined the term peg the patriarchy, which is a big deal to us. (laughs) Um, We actually both have pegging on our bucket list. I think for Em, she wants to peg. I am keen with either. I will peg or be pegged. Um, could Could you offer any little tips for how we could become pegging pros, perhaps? Yeah, I think the most critical thing about pegging is the communication. Like, is really taking it at a pace that is is comfortable for people. And so not having your goal that like, okay, I'm going to get it in or I'm going to take it. It's really like, let's just play. Mm. Let's play with the booty hole. Let's like see what's happening. Because ultimately, the booty hole is going to be the top. The booty hole is is in charge. If your head wants to do it, but the butt doesn't, we have to follow the butt. The second thing is to get good equipment. And Mm. um, a lot of times people are choosing dildos that are too big or too soft for that kind of play. You can see behind me, this is, I'll take this one. This one is a dildo I designed for pegging. Wow. And, well, we want to look for something that's pretty firm. Yeah. So yeah. it should have a little bit of bend, but pretty firm. And you can see that this is really no bigger than like two mm. of my my fingers. Yeah. Mm. This is great for, for beginner. I've added a little of these little bubbles here mm-hmm. so that it gives extra stimulation around the first few inches of the anus, which is where a lot of the nerve endings yeah. are. Yeah. But we want to tease that hole. So we want to warm it up either with oral, with smaller toys, mm-hmm. with fingers, lots of lube. If you think you have enough lube, add more. That's the rule. Yeah. The <laughs> right? amount of times I've heard Emma say that. Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 It's so lube. true. I mean, we are, but yeah. Yeah. Pour it and on. then my, my last tip so that you can be pegging stars is that get your bottom to take control. So yeah. if you're the bottom, like what if you bump back up on it? What if you squat mm-hmm. on it? And so that they can train their anus and you get to be kind of like their toy you know oh. you get to be a little bit of a fuck toy for them that's good oh okay great yeah. i had actually one other question on the topic of pegging which is very personal yeah. for me i want to peg someone but i'm really worried because i don't have good cardio is there any oh, like, yeah. advice you yeah. have there because that's my like number one fear to be honest that i'm gonna like get into it and try and be like taking control and then i'm gonna be like i'm sorry i just need a break like i'm so but that's fine right have I a know. break yeah, uh, I have the same problem. I only want to work out to be more cardio appropriate for pegging. That's the only goal. <laughs> That's the motivation. <laughs> like, I don't care about abs. I don't care about whatever. Yeah. Um, Incredible. <laughs> but, well, okay, wait, sorry. One thing. I, the, with harnesses, you can have pelvic harnesses. You can have thigh harnesses. Mm-hmm. You can have hand harnesses. True. If you use a 
thigh harness. A thigh harness still gives you close enough to get all that body contact with someone that a pelvic harness would, but your leg has way more power than like your hips and your lower back do because oh. we just don't normally, we're not thrusting in this way. But your leg, your thigh, that's like oh. a, a great place to still give that feeling of you're thrusting into someone, yes, with that face and, <laughs> and really feeling like you have some power behind it. The other thing is, is when you get tired, make them fuck you. Make them, mm. you know, take control, yeah. make them go and do it. And you get to take a break. And then the last tip is, is position. So if you put them in a position where you aren't having to uh, use a lot of your body for thrusting. So for yeah. example, if you lie them down and you are skin to skin on top of them and their bum is facing up towards you. Yeah. So they're kind of flat on their tummy. That's a lower energy position, but you get good depth in that position. Mm. Okay. Okay. I can't believe I've never thought of the thigh harness in relation to pegging before. I had been looking oh, at it's it my favorite. on our yeah. website, but I never thought about actually using it to yeah. thrust that. When you hear these things, it seems like a no-brainer, but yeah. it really isn't. <laughs> But yeah, it isn't. And I th- I only found out about it because I tried lazy and someone said to me, yeah, try a thigh harness. And I was like, this is great. Yes. <laughs> I mentioned before that my partner and I had tried the spreader bar. Any just yeah. like tips for starting there? What position do you like with the spreader bar? Like what's sexy for you? So this was what was interesting is what we tried first was just my legs on the spreader bar. And then so he would either be like holding it up or he had it behind his head. And that was great. That's a position we like doing anyways. It's like good intimacy. He's seeing all the lovely stuff, my face, my boobs. (laughs) He's seeing all the good stuff going on. But for me, in terms of like wanting to explore BDSM, I want to feel more submissive. And for me, that means having my arms cuffed as well. But I think we struggled to find a position where both my legs and my arms were cuffed and it was feasible because like we tried one but the the bar just kind of got in the way because it was padded okay and you want to be tethered to the bar what if your your hands were tethered somewhere else and your legs were to the bar what a fantastic idea (laughs) oh okay (laughs) yeah no that's that's a good point about the bar yeah yeah no i mean it is about the bar but i think in in trying it i think it is more about the kind of general gist so no it doesn't all have to be tethered to the bar okay very good i can't believe we haven't thought of that either wow yeah oh mate you should have heard the conversation when i told emma about it i was because it was it comes with these like lovely velcro cuffs and then they just like buckle in to the bar and I was saying to Emma like the cuffs were really comfy and I was I liked that they were velcro but then George needed two hands to undo them so we could switch positions and Emma was like well just undo the buckle don't undo the cuffs <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> I think like, <laughs> sometimes when we're doing sexy sexy things like our brains just oh. like go out the window yeah. you yeah. know like I think yeah. it's a real yeah. thing yeah. I think deep down we're super smart. <laughs> yes. And it's so awesome you have each other to like ask these questions. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes people just want a friend who helps them get a life hack for yeah, sex. Yeah, totally. oh <laughs> That's what we want to be for all of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> just giving them life oh. hacks for sex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. Oh, well, that is actually all of our questions. But I did want to ask, like, is there anything that you think that is super important to know that that we've missed? 
I think the the thing I often tell people to not get in their head about with BDSM is what it looks like. You know, like when I first started doing BDSM, I thought I had to be in stilettos and a corset. And then I thought I had to be in latex and leather. And I'm a plus size person. A lot of that stuff isn't available anyways. And I don't see people in that stuff. And so I didn't know how it's supposed to look. Mm. And I just got really caught up with like the aesthetics. Now I'm comfortable, you know, walking into a dungeon wearing whatever I want. And if I dress up, it's for me. It's yes. like, you know, when you put on an outfit that you really like, yes. you don't stand in the corner in that outfit. You're like feeling yourself. <laughs> yeah. So to, to tap into that like sensation of, you know, if you're putting something on you, it's for adornment. It's mm-hmm. for your pleasure. It's yeah. not so much to get validation from a partner. And that you're going to make mistakes. I think we do our best to have, you know, rules and safe systems and ways to take care of emotional and physical safety. And if you do make a mistake or someone calls you out on something, the best thing that you can do is just be open to it. You know, just be open to someone else's feedback because all of our experiences are different in coming into this space. We all have different soft spots. We all have different insecurities Mm -hmm. and we want to create erotic experiences that are empathetic. Oh, those are such amazing, amazing parting words for everyone. I feel that I get caught up in the like, oh, how am I looking? Like, yeah. you know, I think about it way too much, which is just so silly. But it's kind of it is a hard thing to get out of my head sometimes and into my body. So I will take on your advice personally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I Yeah, think good. Is, I'm glad. Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm going to give you one of my affirmations. Whenever I get into my head about things, I just say, oh, my God, I forgot I'm a goddess. And then I move on. You don't know how much I'm going to use this. <laughs> do it. Do it. I'm going to use this at work. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I forgot same. I was a goddess. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay, well, now it's time for you to give us the plug. So how can everyone find you and your offerings? You can go to lunamatadas.com. It's like Hakuna Matadas, but Luna Matadas. (laughs) And I have 35 classes on hand. So you can learn whatever you want. There's Eat Pussy Like a Champ, Best BJ Skills. There's a threesome class. There's 15 kinky webinars. So you can get your skills at any time. Um, And then I'm all over the place. Like my website will also, and my Instagram, uh, Luna Matadas, will also have anything that's upcoming. So I offer free Q&As every month to my newsletter subscribers for people who are interested in kind of a full-on coaching. So yeah, that's what's coming up. (laughs) I will pop all of that into the show notes as well so that everyone can find it really easily. Oh, Luna, thank you so, so much. Thank you. I've been really excited about this episode and it has just gone beyond my wildest dreams. Nothing (laughs) short of delightful and exceptional. So thank you so much for giving us your time. We really appreciate it. Oh, likewise. This was such a fun and rich conversation. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Electric Rodeo podcast by Adult Toy Megastore. Follow Electric Rodeo free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to keep up to date with our bucket list progress, follow at Electric Rodeo Podcast on Instagram. Electric Rodeo.